0: Welcome to the Multidimensional Evolution Podcast. I am Kim McCall. The premise underpinning discussions on this podcast is that life extends beyond the physical dimension, that death is not the end of life, that we are all connected energetically with each other, both in the physical dimension and across dimensions, and that there is a purpose to our life that involves growth, healing, and assistance to each other. I aim to have conversations to expand your consciousness help you reconnect with your essential self, and live life as an integrated, multidimensional human being. But given the subject matter, a request. Don't believe in anything, including what is shared here. Experiment, have your own experiences, and always use discernment. The musical introduction to this episode is by Finnish fusion artist Axel Teslev, and this song is called Reincarnation. If you are a regular listener, you will have noticed a bit of a break since my last episode. There are a number of reasons for this, mainly life circumstances. But I also have been reflecting on the kind of content that I've been providing and thinking about how to do things differently. While the conventional interview style definitely has its value, and I have already scheduled some interviews to bring you later this year, uh, one thing that bothers me in many areas of knowledge and understanding is the lack of dialogue between people with differing opinions. So I've been reflecting on how to create those kinds of conversations. And while I do not have the answers yet, it is something I want to explore this year. And I would like to invite you, if you happen to know researchers um, that you respect or find interesting, but that have differing opinions on certain key points relevant to multidimensional evolution, Um, I would love to hear from you and see whether perhaps um, they could be part of these kinds of conversations that I would like to create. And then there are also a number of topics that I would like to speak to myself because I do not really see a lot of people addressing them. So you can expect a bit of that this year too. And today is one of those episodes. Today I want to talk about the importance of spiritual or multidimensional experiences to our evolution, but also their limitations. How they can be corrupted or even lead us to evolutionary stagnation. I think it is an interesting and important topic, and I hope you appreciate the reflections. Hi, and thank you for tuning in. At the beginning of every podcast, I repeat an invitation not to believe in anything, but to experiment and have your own experiences. I've adopted this disbelief principle when studying consensiology and all consensiology organisations emphasise it in their courses and publications. I think though it may actually go back to ancient Greece and as we know that the the Greeks imported a lot of their ideas from Egypt, maybe it even came from there. Like any valuable concept that is used over and over again, it can be easy to lose sight of the actual meaning. Or we can forget to question whether it is really the whole truth of the story. So today I want to discuss this emphasis on experience, why it matters, but also why it is not a panacea or cure-all. To start with, let me be clear of what I mean by experience. It is a broad term, after all. The kind of experiences I'm talking about are essentially what could be called parapsychic experiences. For example, to understand out-of-body experiences, you want to have one rather than just read about it. To understand mediumship, you want to develop your own connection with extra-physical consciousness, not go to a medium and be told about it. To understand bioenergies, you want to feel them in your body. And so on, you get the gist. The reason for this approach is to empower us. For hundreds or even thousands of years, the majority of people have relied on ritual specialists and other authority figures for insight and information about multidimensional life, usually through a strong religious and cultural filter. Personal experiences can let us find our own answers. Experience also has the capacity to alter our being in a way mere information does not. It is one thing to be told that you do not die, or even to be presented with the data that proves it, but it is another to feel the truth of this in the depth of your being because you have experienced yourself as existing without breath and without the limitations of the physical body. I genuinely believe that personal experience lies at the heart of transformation and our evolution. But it also has its limitations, and it's those I want to talk to about here. Religious experiences can be transformative. But if we are attached to a particular religious framework, they can also keep us stuck. A classic example would be a Christian conversion experience. People have an encounter with an energy and sometimes even an extra-physical consciousness they interpret as Jesus. And this can have a profound impact in their life. They may let go of addictions, become a more loving partner, parent or community member. But in terms of their multidimensional understanding, this is often where it stops. So once you've seen Jesus, you embrace Christianity, and that's it, you don't question anymore. Similarly, many authors in the spiritual growth genre have a kind of origin story which involves some profound personal experience that set them up on a path of exploring multidimensionality, although they usually don't use that term. Many claim to have had some kind of spontaneous enlightenment experience that transformed them for good. Such people tend to position themselves as gurus, even if they might not exactly claim that title but nonetheless, the way they're placing themselves still assumes that role, because they're somehow uniquely qualified to impart transcendental wisdom because of their own experience, and somehow that sets them apart from others. This is, of course, an age-old dynamic in esoteric traditions. I have misgivings about this because I strongly believe we need to move beyond a guru-disciple dynamic, which is essentially just perpetuating the reliance on a ritual specialist. Also because the claims of these persons are usually unverifiable and easily fabricated, and because I know that transcendental experiences do not replace the ongoing work required for personal evolution. The idea that there is an enlightenment experience that lets us transcend our human worries is, of course, incredibly appealing. It has provided the justification for gurus for millennia, And I've seen more than one evolutionary colleague lose themselves because they thought they had arrived somewhere and stopped addressing their very human traumas and challenges. Religious experiences underpin most religions, certainly the Eastern ones. But when we are part of a religion, we will interpret our experiences through the lens of that system. Christians have profound personal experiences with extra-physical consciousnesses or energies they interpret as Jesus. Buddhist meditators experience what they refer to as emptiness. Hindus have encounters with different deities and so on. I myself did 12 months of an interfaith ministry in which we studied all the major religions. And across that time, my meditative and extra-physical experiences were closely correlated to the traditions that we were studying including an OBE in which I encountered a consciousness who looked like Jesus. For religious believers, these experiences are proof that their faith is the true path. Religious fundamentalism is built on such experiences. But from a non-religious, multidimensional perspective, this interpretation is simply too limited. We know that there are extra-physical populations who share the religious beliefs that the intra faithful tap into. We know that extra-physical consciousnesses can take any form, including those of Jesus or any significant religious figure, and sometimes helpers will do so if it benefits the experiences. But intruders too can dress up if it suits them. Many people can have profound multidimensional experiences, but still not gain this understanding and thus get stuck Uh, in one particular system, thinking that that is all there is. Another angle to this is that cults can deliberately manipulate their followers' experiences to fit into the cult leader's narrative. Anybody who does breath work, prolonged meditation, or a range of other practices can have multidimensional experiences. Many charismatic groups will prime people for such experiences psychologically um, and create a narrative where they become attributed to being, as being the result of the cult leader's presence. Experiences also do not affect every person the same way. One person can have a profound experience that completely changes their world view. Another person can have the same experience and simply filter it through their existing perspective. Users of psychoactive drugs are often in this category. So, many, uh, I've heard many um, regular users of ayahuasca, for example, uh, look at their experiences purely as subconscious material, um, whereas for others, they consider that they're meeting actual extra-physical consciousness, and that they're out of the body. I think this interplay between experience and pre-existing paradigm is very complex, Often we're not even fully aware of our paradigm, or the reasons why we believe what we believe. If we have strong convictions about reality, we may expect people to see things our way, if only they have the right experience. But this is simply not how it works. This whole topic of experience has fascinated me for years. but I was inspired to look at it in more detail recently when I did a survey to explore people's beliefs about the survival of consciousness after death and, importantly for this discussion, why they had the beliefs that they did and what they thought might be able to change their beliefs. So as far as people's beliefs in survival of consciousness goes, um, responses to the survey fell into four groups. About 30% said that no, consciousness does not survive physical death. About 35% said that consciousness survives physical death as a distinct personality, so that you go on, uh, perhaps in the personality that you are now or some other, but you maintain an individual identity. About 18% said that consciousness survives physical death, but not as a distinct personality. Um, so I think people are in that category sort of thought that we might merge into some kind of universal consciousness uh, or perhaps I think there might have been a few respondents who had a Buddhist background that we merge into some kind of Buddha mind, which I guess is the same as universal consciousness. And then there was another 18% who were um, unsure about what happens. What I found fascinating uh, was the important role that personal experience played as the basis for people's views, and not only for those who accept survival, but also for those who believe that when we die it is the end. So key experiences named by people who accept that consciousness continues after physical death were things like meeting, the having experienced meetings with deceased loved ones, and people didn't elaborate what these consisted of, so um, I guess it could be quite a range, right? Of people feeling they're having signs from people feeling their presence to perhaps having uh, full-on visual perceptions of um, of a deceased loved one. Um, others mentioned out-of-body experiences, and uh, then people just generally mentioned paranormal phenomena. And again, it's uh, you know would be good if I wanted to do this research more thoroughly to explore with people what those phenomena were. Um, But I did think it was really interesting that out of the 35, well, in total, actually, um, almost 50% of, uh, uh, over 50% of people who said that um, conscience survives physical death in one way or another, it was actually only a minority of the respondents who referenced their religious faith or their culture as a basis for that view, and the majority reference some kind of personal experience. Um, On the other hand, the majority of those who believe that consciousness ends at death uh, based this on what they had considered a lack of evidence to the contrary. So people were saying there was simply no evidence, there's no scientific studies, it hasn't been established to the standards of scientific research and so on. Um, But some in this category did also uh, reference some personal experience as the basis for why they believe that consciousness ceases together with the body and this included um respondents who'd been clinically dead but had had no conscious experience so i suppose we could call that a near-death non-experience um And uh, another person who talked about uh, having lost a loved one and having simply, having been present at this person's death and having simply no sense uh, of any ongoing connection with them. It was like the person just disappeared as the body died. Um, And then one person who talked about overdosing on uh, ketamine uh, and describing the experience as Uh, I came back gradually like a machine having parts switched on. Time was first, then space. We are just biological machines. So, interestingly, um, of those who believe that consciousness ended with death, uh, some thought nothing would change their mind about this. They just thought that was it. They were clear. That was the, the truth. But um, probably the majority had some indication that they might change their mind um, if they were presented with the right data. And a few said they would like to see various scientific studies and somebody talked about having consciousness isolated and seeing it by itself without a body. Um, but the, again, the majority that uh, said they would change their mind uh, if they had personal experiences such as meeting dead relatives Um, having very clear past life memories that show them that they had lived before, uh, or having um, an extra-physical person explaining to them directly about the afterlife and telling them that they survived uh, physical death. Our collective consciousness has been shaped by centuries of oppressive religious dogmatism about the afterlife. We've also seen significant social advancements based on the materialist paradigm. In that context, psychological resistance to ideas that are reminiscent of religious dogmas and backwards beliefs is arguably a healthy adaptation. In other words, it makes a lot of sense for people to not accept that uh, consciousness survives physical death because beliefs around survival Uh, strongly tied up with religious dogmas, and um, we have, as a society, progressed because we've adopted a materialist, um, materialist approach to the way we deal with problems. In addition, human psychology is complex and seems to be strongly geared towards focusing on material life. This makes evolutionary sense. We need to survive. The survival of our body is... Um, a fundamental priority, uh, living as a physical being, and how distracting would it be? And in fact, uh, I've I've met um, uh, and heard of um, clairvoyants and people who were perceiving extra physical dimensions who found it very hard to function uh, in the physical dimension because they were constantly overwhelmed by the sensory input. So I hypothesize that this is one of the reasons why only a small percentage of the population has the kinds of experiences um, that people talk about, uh, OBEs, clairvoyant perceptions, and so on, and why some people, even when they have such experiences, view them through a materialistic lens and essentially dismiss them. Uh, On the other hand, many of the people who have had near-death experiences, out-of-body experiences, past life memories, and interactions with extra-physical consciousness, did not believe in survival before they had these experiences. Having such experiences does not always lead to instant certainty of survival. Often, in fact, the experience triggers long periods of profound and stressful self-inquiry as the experiencer fundamentally reviews and updates their world view. And it's very common that um, uh, there's moments of doubt and, and questioning. This common trajectory from being a skeptic or simply not caring about the question of survival to developing an inner certainty based on one's experience speaks to the evidentiary power of these experiences. So lots of people have this trajectory. It's not an uncommon thing. And um, that for me means there's something in that, right? It's transformative power. It makes sense that many skeptics would want a personal experience as proof because the question of survival of conscience is deeply personal. This is not something we should hand over to an external authority especially given the poor track record such authority figures have had in human history. Clearly, different people have different predilections towards having such experiences. You can have a group of people working in an OBE, doing an OBE workshop, and um, only half, if that, of the people will probably have an OBE in most of the workshops that... um, I've attended and um, the kind of uh, uh, regular projectors people who regularly have out-of-body experiences that one tends to read about because they're the ones writing the books it is a micro minority it is really a small group of people Um, yes there are plenty of people um, you know that one doesn't hear about but but overall in the population it's very rare. It's more common for people to have an odd experience here and there, um, to have had enough to know that they exist. But, um, uh, yeah, it's it's just simply the fact that um, not every human being seems to be wired to connecting with the multidimensional reality. So if we wanted to change our education system to help us better understand this, these experiences, um, that would need to take these differences between people into account. Uh, It would also need to consider our need to live an integrated human life and avoid falling into dogma about matters of survival. Both of them are serious issues with many spiritual organisations, in my view. Uh, On the one hand, they um, kind of underestimate, I think, or or don't account for the complexity of the human life and... um, Focus on peak experiences at the cost of um, integration and a healthy human existence, a healthy multidimensional existence. And on the other hand, um, obviously like religions, but many kind of non-religious spiritual traditions also end up fixing themselves on a very strong view on how survival looks and that becomes then the truth. But despite all these variations, uh, all these these kind of concerns that I've raised here about uh, experience and the limitations of experience, of multidimensionality, uh, I still think that personal experience is the best evidence for the survival of consciousness. And beyond that, that incorporating it into our research is an important evolution for science. A scientist of consciousness who has not experimented with altered states of consciousness themselves, in my view, cannot authoritatively speak about consciousness, even if they have some good ideas and they understand how the brain works and so on. The greater the number of people who can reliably induce different states of consciousness, the greater the chance that we can consider creating what um, one of the early and groundbreaking researchers of uh, parapsychology, Charles Tart, has called state-specific sciences. State-specific sciences uh, research the different states of consciousness by entering those states as participant observers. So if you're wanting to explore OBEs, you have to have OBEs. Um, If you're wanting to explore the effects of certain drugs, you explore them using those drugs. Um, But as a scientist researching, exploring, reporting. I believe that embracing that methodology will be a significant step in deepening our understanding of consciousness, both when in physical form and after bodily death. The final reflection is the ultimately private nature of multidimensional experiences. I know from my my own trajectory that when we first have profound obe's or tangible interactions with extra physical people it can stir up a strong desire to share this with others and we basically have the hope that they will come to share in our new way of thinking like you discover that life isn't just physical it can make you very evangelical basically and you want to spread the good word but of course it rarely works like that for someone who has not had the experience what we're telling them is just a story it may be interesting to them, but equally they may just be listening politely our personal experiences are not designed to convert anybody apart from ourselves and having said that, I do think uh, that selections of personal experiences consistent sort of become can become data sets we have consistent bodies of experiences of OBE explorers or energy workers or mediums, um, those in themselves become relevant data sets, which then, I think, need to substantially impact the scientific discourse. But based on the issues I've discussed here, I'm of the view that experience alone neither provides uh, an absolute truth, nor does it necessarily supercharge our evolution. It is an important element, but its value to our life trajectory is closely entwined with the context in which we have them. And that context depends on the general maturity of our society as well as our own psychological health. I really hope you got some value out of today's episode. If you did, why not leave a positive review on iTunes and share it on social media to help others find it. The tune seeing us out is another one from Axel Teslev. This one is called Akasha. You can find more information about today's guest on my website, multidimensionalevolution.com, including any links to their work and their contact details. On my website, you'll also find my blog and information and reviews about my book, Multidimensional Evolution, which you can purchase in any good bookstore if you want to show your love for this show and get practical info for your own exploration of consciousness. Finally, please get in touch, whether it is to ask questions, share experiences, or suggest guests and topics. I always love hearing from people, as I believe it is through sharing with each other that we can all grow together. Until then, or until you tune in again, I am sending you my very best energies.